Thanks for joining us for our Rolling Hills Community Church Sermon Podcast. We're currently in our series, Fresh Fruit, where we are diving into the fruit of the Spirit. As a believer, the fruit of the Spirit should be coming out of our lives. It should be shown in all that we say and do. Just as when you see an apple tree, you see apples on it. As a Christian, others should see you and see the fruit of the Spirit in our lives. They should see love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. They should see Jesus in us. Our vertical relationship with God must be lived out in our horizontal relationships with others. So let's jump in together to this week's message of Fresh Fruit. We're so glad you're here. My name is Mary Jo Napier, and we've been going to Rolling Hills for two years. We moved here from Houston, Texas. Uh, Mark Napier. We had visited Rolling Hills because of our kids that live here and serve here uh, for probably six, seven years. What does goodness mean to us? I feel like it's doing for others because you want to, not because you have to. Just do it out of the goodness of your heart. To me, it's a reflection. It's a reflection of how we live our life helping people grow, go, grow closer to God in their daily walk and allowing them to see Christ in us. When we do something for others, we don't expect anything back. And for us to do that to other people that's done things for us, that's important. And people, people need that today. Good morning, Rolling Hills Church family. How are you guys doing? Good? Good. It's second service. Everybody's had their coffee, which is great. Um, my name is Kelly Minter, and I go to church here, and I'm so excited to uh, be able to talk about this fruit of the spirit of goodness today as we are in this series. And so appreciate what Pastor Nick does for us every, every weekend after the first service. I told people that I forgot how hard his job is every single Sunday. So uh, we're grateful for him. And um, before we jump into this text, I'm going to go ahead and have you turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 5, if you have your Bibles with you. If not, you know that the pertinent verses will be up on the screen, but we're going to be in Ephesians for the entire time today. Kind of our theme verse will be out of uh, Ephesians 5, 8, and 9, but before we go there, um, I want to talk about this whole idea of goodness and this particular fruit of the Spirit, because as you see the flags up here, if, um, if someone were to, like, especially if like a close friend or family member came up to me and said, you know, Kelly, I do not find you very kind or very faithful or very patient or very gentle, um, I, I think that would hurt my feelings. I think that would upset me. But it would really upset me if one of my close friends came up and said, I do not think you are good. Right? Isn't there something about goodness that feels a little bit different than the other fruit of the Spirit? I think part of it is goodness feels more inherent to who we are. It feels more intrinsic to who we are. A lot of times we describe people uh, in, and we put them in two categories. We say someone is either good or bad. Right? That's a good kid or a bad kid. That's a good parent or a bad parent. That's a, you know, a, good, a good guy or a bad guy. 
And, and so we define people in terms of goodness and badness. And so it, this seems really important that if this is supposed to be a fruit of the Spirit, that we get this one right, that we understand what it means to be good and what it means to live a good life. Um, goodness in this context really kind of sums up a godly life or godly behavior. So when you think of goodness, it kind of is all-encompassing of, of a godly behavior. It also kind of, to me, sums up a lot of the fruit of the Spirit because you would not meet someone who is kind or patient or gentle but then say that they're not very good. You know, that would be incongruent. And so it, the goodness kind of pulls all of, of these things together. Goodness um, in, in Scripture oftentimes, too, has to do with moral goodness, and it has to do with good, um, active goodness. So it is very action-oriented. We are not passively good people. But when uh, the Apostle Paul writes about goodness, a lot of times he will talk about good works. And so goodness is to be very face-forward, front-forward, and active. And so uh, a few questions that I have or have had in the past about goodness that I think is important for us to think about before we even begin to uh, look at Scripture is, first of all, number one, is are people born good or bad? Because that really makes a difference as to how we treat the fruit of the spirit of goodness. And you maybe, uh, you know, just have friends or maybe in school or in your job that you've heard people say, you know, I think everybody's pretty much born good. And then we just kind of decide if we're going to be good people or bad people. And then if we do bad things, then, then we kind of maybe aren't that good and that kind of turns us into bad people but most people are are born good that's kind of a mindset of of the day and so we have to determine what what do what does scripture say about that are we born good or are we born bad and and, and number two is um if we are born bad or if we are born sinful or if we are born you know maybe a blend or even neutral how do we get good that would be another question. That what, what makes a person good? Is it, is it just what they do on the outside? Is that what makes a person good? Do they have to have heart change? Is it who they are on the inside? Uh, do we need both good on the inside and good on the outside to really be good people? So what makes a person good? And then lastly, does being good matter? Uh, you know, if you look sometimes at and, and, and not all politicians are this way, but if you look sometimes to politics, it kind of seems like people don't care one way or the other about being good. They just want to get their agenda pushed forward. Or, or maybe, um, maybe it's, it's people that uh, the super crazy, um, you know, wealthy, and they're over their businesses, and they don't really care about goodness. They just want to make money. They just want things to be as big and as profitable as possible. Or maybe uh, there are other people that they just think, I don't really care about being good. I I just want to be comfortable. I want to be happy. I want to be fulfilled. And so the question for us as believers is, does goodness matter? So are we born good or bad? How do we get good? And does it matter in the end? And those are three questions that I'm hoping that we will be able to answer quite clearly from Scripture today. And I'm, my prayer is that by answering those questions and by going to Scripture that we will be transformed that we will be transformed uh, and we will leave here with a better understanding of goodness and ready to live the good life that, that the Lord has called us to. All right, so we're going to start in Ephesians 5, 8, and 9. This is kind of our jumping off uh, verse. And, and this is what Paul writes to the Ephesians. He says, For you were once 
Um, For you were once darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Live as children of light, for the fruit of the light consists of all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Let me pray for us this morning. Lord, thank you so much for this day, and thank you for the opportunity to be in your word. God, it is our prayer that you would transform our hearts and our minds and that you would renew us. I pray, Lord, that you would make us good. Um, Lord, we declare at the very top that it is only by your grace that we can be good and that we can live good lives. And so would you help us today? And we ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So Paul writes that as believers in Jesus Christ, we are children of light. And so if we're children of light, he says, live like that. You used to be living in darkness, and there was the fruit of darkness, which was everything opposite of goodness, righteousness, and truth. But now that you are children of the light, this is how you are to live. This is who you are. And so we, we see this call to goodness. It is, it is our right, it is our privilege, it is who we are uh, in Christ. Okay, so now that we've, we, we have that call to goodness, now we're going to answer some of the questions that we have about goodness, and we're going to turn to chapter 2 of Ephesians, chapter 2, and we're going to answer our very first question of are we born good or bad? Because this is really, really important when we're thinking about a life of goodness. Okay, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 1, Paul writes, and you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously lived according to the ways of this world, according to the ruler of the power of the air, the spirit now working in the disobedient. We too all previously lived among them in our fleshly desires, carrying out the inclinations of our flesh or our selfish nature and thoughts, and were by nature children under wrath as the others were also. So we begin with a very sobering word from Paul. That he doesn't really say whether or not we are born good or born bad. He says we are born dead. We are born dead in our trespasses and in our sins. And of course, that doesn't mean physically dead because all of us were born with physical life, but we were dead in that we were without the spirit of the living God living inside us, without fellowship and relationship um, to, to God, to the living God. So not only were we born dead in our trespasses and sins, but we also, um, we also are, he says, children under God's wrath by our very nature. So that's like, ah, that is a hard word that by nature we are, we are children under God's wrath. So there's a few things that I want to balance that out with. I don't want to uh, neglect what is very clear in scripture because this is really important that we understand our, our plight and our helplessness before God. But I do think it's important that, especially in our day and age, this is, for some, people go, see, this is why I don't like church. I don't want to go to church and hear that I am under the wrath of God, right? Or maybe you have friends that go, this is exactly why I I, I don't want to be in church. Uh, I don't want to hear about the wrath of God. But a few things to balance this out, okay? Number one, um, while we are born dead or we are not born good, church today, we were born loved. For God so loved 
the world, that he gave his son. So yes, born not good, yes. Born dead in our trespasses and sins, yes. But born loved. Um, also, we go back to Genesis chapter 2, and we see that we were also created and born in the image of God. In the image of God. So while through our sin we are by nature children of the wrath of God, we are also somehow, church, loved, and we were born in the very image of God. So we are precious to him. Now, this is hard for us to get our minds around, but I also want to balance it with saying that while God, um, while we think of the idea of God's wrath, remember what God's wrath is there for. It is, it is his um, wrath against injustice and evil. You don't even have to be, believe, uh, be a believer in scriptures to look around at the brokenness in our world, to look at the unbelievable injustice and oppression and sadness and how much devastation there is around us. And the wrath of God is there for that. Praise God, we have a God that cares about goodness and justice and righteousness, and he wants to set things wrong set things right that are wrong. And so God's wrath actually sits along right in side by side, his holiness, his goodness, his glory, his love, his faithfulness, his justice, his compassion, his, compi his uh, kindness. Um, so it all sits in there together. But this is our, this is our position. So no matter how you came in today, at baseline, without the grace of God, we are all dead in our trespasses and sins. We are all not good. And that is the, that is the sobering news. That is the, the hard news. And, and we don't, like I said, have to look too far. In fact, those of us who are parents or I um, don't have children, but I have nieces and nephews, we can see that sin nature really early on, right? So I have a couple, uh, two nieces and a nephew that live down the street from, from me. And my, my brother David and his wife, Megan, they were at a wedding a few years ago. And I think Will was like five or six at the time, and Harper was just a year, a year younger. And so they were both really little. And they were at this wedding, and David and Megan, they were at the rehearsal dinner, and they had to go get some pictures done. And so they said to the kids, okay, you're going to be here with all these other families. Um, this is a really fun night. You can each have one Sprite, okay? So I know there's like free-flowing soda here. It's crazy, but you can each have one Sprite. And so they said, okay, yes, Mommy, yes, Daddy. And so they left, and about an hour later, they came back, and they, they, saw, they found Will, and they're like, Will, you know, how you doing? And he immediately just bursts into tears, and he goes, I had two sprites. I had two sprites. He was so guilty, and he just couldn't even talk to them without just confessing that he had had two. Meanwhile, they look over at Harper, who was on the dance floor, two sprites, one in each hand, like living it up, no remorse, just love having the, like her best life. And you could say, well, okay, so Will is the good one. Harper's like the not so good one. But the reality is Will was just more in tune with his lack of goodness right? They're both in the same boat. They both had the two sprites, but Will's just more aware of I have a problem, right? <laughs> so for me, that I've never been confused 
about my lack of goodness. Now, that doesn't mean that I don't deal with pride or self-righteousness or sometimes thinking that I'm better than I am, but I feel like I have always been one of those people that's just kind of aware of, of my innate um, sin and, and lack of goodness. Now, that is not bad for us today. If you came in and you actually feel that weight of guilt, you feel that that stuff in your history and and you know where you're not measuring up this is where you I would say you are prime and ready for the good news of the gospel today even if you already know the gospel and you are um, saved I want you to see verses four through six this is so important because after we hear that we are by nature children under wrath dead in our trespasses and sins look at verse four this is the happiest prep uh, preposition ever but God who is or is but a conjunction, sorry, English. We, I, I'm, I'm getting myself all messed up. Anyway, we're happy for the but. We want the but here, the but God in the middle of all of this. But God, who is rich in mercy because of his great love that he had for us, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in trespasses, you are saved by grace. Okay, so... Um, the number one point, this is our foundation for us today, is we must be made good before we can be good. Um, See, but God, who was rich in mercy for us while we were dead in our trespasses and sins, did you see this, that we were loved because of his great love for us has made us alive in Christ, we are saved by grace. So we are made good by grace. And so we must be made good before we can be good. And that is the problem that I see so much in, in our world right now is that there is so much preaching of good deeds, go do this good thing, while we have not addressed the sin in our own hearts, while we, have, uh, t- we are trying to be good without the life of Christ with us and did you see that paul says that that you have been made alive with christ so our identity is not in the goodness or lack of goodness in our past our identity is in christ's goodness so god who is rich in mercy who has loved each of us deeply um, he has made us good and it is all by his profound grace in our lives And so that's the starting point for us. So today, if you came in and you want to be a good person, but you do not, uh, have not come to Jesus Christ, you have not received his rich mercy, you have not received his love, um, you have not identified yourself in Christ, um, we, we know that Jesus' death on the cross took on that wrath of God, it satisfied it, and he took on our sin for us and then raised Um, the third day, and that is the good news of the gospel. And when we receive that, when we walk in that, we, um, that saved by grace, we are made, we are made good. That's the, that's the foundation. Okay, so how do we continue, though, on in that? How do we continue on in our goodness? Because even as a believer in Jesus Christ, I still struggle sometimes with, um, my own selfish desires and and not doing the good that I want. And so I want us to look at Ephesians chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, and I want to read the first few verses, the first three verses, and then we're going to drop down and look at a few others. 
Paul says, therefore, I, the prisoner in the Lord, urge you to live worthy of the calling you have received with all humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, making every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. I want to pause there just a moment. So all throughout the letter to the Ephesians, Paul is talking about this grace that is going to work out through us for goodness. And so it is all by grace. It is all by this free gift. And as a result, how do we continue to participate in goodness? How do we get good? We participate with the Holy Spirit. We walk in the ways that the Lord has set out for us. What are just a handful of those ways? Well, some of the good things is that we are going to show humility. Now, that's a hard one, isn't it? And it's easy to kind of be humble in church on a Sunday morning when we're just sitting here. But as soon as we get to school the next day or to the office or there's a, some sort of an altercation, maybe with a family member or a close friend or a, a child, and all of a sudden our pride rises up and we don't want to show the humility. We don't want to show the godly goodness that we are called to, but we participate with the Holy Spirit in saying, Lord, I want to be humble. That's what I want to display. Even if I don't want it in the moment, I want to want to want it, right? So he says, so we're going to live out that goodness through humility. We're going to participate with the Lord in this. Um, what about gentleness? Um, gentleness is actually a much stronger word than sometimes it reads. It can mean meekness, which oftentimes is strength under pressure or it's strength under control where maybe we want to be angry or maybe we want to we want to fight back but under the power of the holy spirit we're going to respond with strength but with gentleness uh, with gentleness so we're going to participate with the holy spirit uh, what about patience um, you know i remember someone told me one time they said i feel like i have loads of patience until i actually need it and then i don't have any <laughs> it's like well then you probably don't have it at all, right? Because the only time we can really show patience is when we need it and we're in that moment and we are called to slow down and, and listen and help people. What about this phrase after this, bearing with one another in love? Don't you wish that Paul had said um, that by God's grace, not to necessarily bear with one another in love, but that he had said that we should love people who have their act together? You know, it's, it's so much easier to love people who have their act together, who have themselves all put together. But he says, no, love the people that you have to bear with. Those are exactly the kinds of people I don't want to love, right? But he says, no, that is the, by the grace and the power of the Spirit, we're going to show this type of goodness, humility, patience, um, gentleness. We're going to bear with one another in love. But it's not just going to be, the goodness is not just going to be the good things or the positive things that we do. We also want goodness, um, we, we want to uh, take off the bad things that will interfere with goodness, okay? So we're, we, it, it, we want to do both. Paul has this language of putting on and taking off. So would you drop down in chapter 4 to verse 22? Okay, chapter 4 of Ephesians, verse 22, he says, You were taught to take off your former way of life, the old self that is corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, the one created according to God's likeness, 
in righteousness and purity of the truth. So we are to not just do these good things, but we are to take off that old self. The problem is some of us, we are not living worthy of the calling. Um, that's how Paul starts off this whole chapter is, I want you to live worthy of the calling. So if you, have, if you are a believer in Jesus, and you are, that means you are called to a life of goodness, which we're going to talk about even more in just a moment, but that is your calling. And the problem is some of us are living like we are still in darkness. We are living in the old way, even though we have been called to the new. Um, my, my grandfather, he went to be with the Lord a number of years ago, but he was a very decorated admiral in the Navy, very, very successful. And every so often, we would have the opportunity to go with him um, to some celebration or some service where he would be honored. And during those times, he would always have his uniform on. And he was, an, he was a two-star admiral, and so he had his stars and his shoulder, shoulder boards and all of, these, all of this decoration on, on his uniform. And I always think that my grandfather would put on the Navy uniform not to be in the Navy, but because he was in the Navy, right? He got to wear that uniform because he was in the Navy. He didn't put it on to earn the Navy. He had already earned everything you could earn in the Navy, and as a result, he got to wear the uniform. And that is how it is for us who are children of God. Paul says, live worthy. Wear the clothing of your high calling. If you are in Jesus Christ, you have got the clothes. You've got the Holy Spirit clothes. Wear that. Walk in that. Act in that. Put on humility. Put on patience. Put on gentleness. Put on love. Take off the old way of life. And some of us, we're living half-dressed, right? We've got the clothes of darkness and some of the clothes of light, and we're not living worthy of the calling. And so I want to ask you today, what is getting in the way of your goodness? What are you not putting on, but also what, what do you need to take off? And, and notice that Paul talks about being renewed in the spirit of our minds. What we let into our minds is very, very important. So we need to ask ourselves, what are we watching? We cannot think that the things that we watch don't have any effect on us. Are we watching things that are, by and large, good? Um, what are we reading? What are we listening to? Um, what are we putting in? How are we acting? What are our behaviors like? Are we walking? Are we participating in the good life that we are called to? Now, what's great here is that, you know, oftentimes we think, boy, I have really messed up, and there are times that I've messed up, and I sure am great, grateful for the grace of God, because we just talked about our salvation is by grace. But what we need to understand is that grace is not just for our salvation. It is also to help fuel a life of goodness. And so I want to put up a uh, quote by Dallas Willard on the screen. I love Dallas Willard. He passed away a few years ago, but e everything I love about him. Um, the, here's the quote. Let's just take it slow. He says, we consume the most grace by leading a holy life in which we must be constantly upheld by grace, not by continuing to sin and being repeatedly forgiven. The interpretation of grace as having only to do with guilt is utterly false to biblical teaching and renders spiritual life in Christ unintelligible. 
Okay, what, what is Dallas saying? He's saying grace is not just for when you mess up. It's not just for forgiveness when you sin. It is so much better than that. It is so beyond that. Grace is actually to fuel us for a life of godliness and of goodness. And so he, st- he really, the, everything can be summed up in that fir- first line, that we consume the most grace by leading a holy life. So don't you sometimes think, about the people, and maybe it's, maybe it's even your own self, where you just think, boy, I sure consume a lot of grace because I'm constantly sinning. I'm constantly doing the same things over and over again, and so I am consuming a lot of grace. In some ways, that's true, but in other ways, it is the exact opposite of that. It is when you meet holy people, when you meet people that are full of God's goodness and kindness and compassion and love, they are actually the ones that are consuming the most grace. They are the ones that are burning grace up. And we need this to be good, not to earn our salvation, but as a result of salvation, we are given this free gift of grace, which is not just for when we mess up, it is to fuel goodness in our lives. And so this is number two for us. Grace doesn't only exist to cover a lack of goodness. It exists to fuel a life of goodness. And I'm afraid that we spend so much time on the first part, we just want, and maybe we can even say to make it more accurate, grace doesn't only exist, because it does exist to cover our lack of goodness, but it doesn't only exist for that. And I think we, we spend so much time like, oh, we just need God's grace for, because we messed up, we messed up. No, we need God's grace to fuel goodness. Um, when you think about, you know, driving down the highway and you see a car on the side of the road, you don't envy that car because they're saving gas, Right? You don't, I mean, you're like, wow, gas is $4 a gallon. They are smart. They are, not, they are not burning up any fuel way to go. No, it's the people that are burning it on the highway. They're the ones you go, look at that. They are consuming. They are consuming fuel. They are the ones that are burning it up. That's what we want. In order to live a holy life and a, and a life of goodness, we need the grace of God. And, I, and I, I am not confused about this because so many of the things that we have already looked at today do not come naturally to me. Patience does not, patience with others does not come naturally. I just didn't wake up one day patient with frustrating people. Um, you know, bearing with others in love doesn't come natural. What comes natural is two sprites, one in each hand. Um, you know, to, to, to just shade the truth for my liking or whatever it might be, my selfishness, my, that's what comes natural to me. But as I, because I am in Christ, because my identity is with him, I have access to the Holy Spirit and his grace, and I've been called to a life of goodness. And so day by day, moment by moment, my desire is to lean on the fuel of the Holy Spirit for that kind of goodness because it doesn't come natural to me. But as I continue to grow and we're in that sanctification process, um, it becomes more and more natural as we, as our old self is dying and we're identifying more and more with Christ. So I want to encourage you today, burn up fuel. (laughs) Don't sit on the side, the the sideline thinking, you know, grace is just for when I mess up. Um, We want to burn up the fuel to live holy lives. This, um, this is what we were called to do. We were to walk in this. Okay, now, I want to 
begin to wrap up uh, by going back to Ephesians chapter 2. But we're going to read a few verses that we haven't read yet. We are going to read verses 8 through 10. And here's what Paul writes. For you are saved by grace through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is God's gift, not from works, so that no one can boast. Okay, can I pause there before I read verse 10? Okay, many of you are familiar with this. Our salvation, being made good, um, being in Christ, being saved from, from hell to heaven, to eternity with God. That is by grace. We can't boast of it. We don't boast of it. We don't earn it. There's nothing that we can do. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. So it is by grace. So works are not for salvation. However, Paul says something really interesting in verse 10. He says, for we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works which God prepared ahead of time for us to do. So we're not saved by good works, but we are saved for good works. And I think sometimes growing up in, you know, in the, in the tradition that I grew up in, we spent so much emphasis on, we didn't want anybody to think that, that being good had anything to do with going to heaven or being good had anything to do with being saved, that we underplayed this, we underplayed verse 10. Of course we're not saved by our good works. It is by grace, through faith. None of us can boast, but we are saved for good works. So to answer our other question, do good works matter? Does it even matter if you're a Christian? Yes. It, it, it matters to the farthest reaching degree, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, then your life should be about goodness. Um, not only um, do we see in other parts of Scripture that we're created for good works, but here did you notice that Paul says that there were actually, there are good works that was created for us to do ahead of time. So there have there, have been, there are works that God has created for us to do. There are specific things, works that have already been created before the foundations of this world, good ones for you to do. There, there are certain works that he has prepared for you to do and for me to do. Um, this is so important for us um, because this is what gives our lives purpose. This is what um, gives our life meaning that we are not just saved by grace so we can sit on the side of the road, but that we are saved um, for these works and that in Christ Jesus, there are these works that God prepared ahead of time for us to walk in. That just kind of blows my mind. I don't even really know how to get my head around it. Um, so this is number three. Being good doesn't save us. But being saved means God has a life of good works prepared for us. There is a lifetime of good works prepared for you as a believer in Jesus Christ. So I hope that we have answered our questions today. We know that we're not born good, but as the church, we are born loved. Um, how do we get good? 
How do we, how do we have our, that goodness that we have been made um, for? How do we walk in that? We participate with the Holy Spirit. Um, in, in fact, um, in 2 Timothy chapter 3, Paul says that the scripture is God-breathed and it is profitable for training and for correcting and for rebuking so that each of us can be prepared for every good work. And so I'm excited for us as a body because on Wednesdays here, as Nick has already mentioned, that we're going to be doing some great discipleship that's going to happen right here at this church. We're going to spend time in God's word, and it is according to Paul, when we spend time in God's word, that helps prepare us for the good works that, that God has prepared for us to do. And so um, we've got the care night and, and grief share and all of those things. There's men's Bible study that's already going. And then, like Nick said, I'm so excited, and this is just selfless, like, church promotion here. But on Wednesday, the women are going to meet here. We're capping it at 100. I would love to see it filled up. We're going to be going through, oh, look at that convenience slide. Um, we are going to be going through Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. It's going to be an eight-week study. We'll take off the week of fall break. But for the women of this church and your friends, your neighbors, um, we're just going to walk through what Jesus says about what it means to live the blessed life. Do register. You'll see at the bottom, that's where you go to register um, because our spots are limited. But I would love for you all to be here for that. So, church, I hope you're encouraged. You were created for a life of good works. You have been made good. And you have the fuel of the Holy Spirit to go out and to live that incredible goodness. Um, for those who came in today knowing, um, knowing that you are not good and you don't know how to be made good, this is the gospel, that God, who is rich in mercy, sent his son, Jesus Christ, to die for you and for me, to satisfy that good wrath of God, um, to satisfy that so that we did not have to take that on ourselves. And you did not have to take that on yourselves. And you are fully forgiven, transformed, made good. Not because of your past, not because of what you've done or you've left undone, but because of your identity with Christ, he makes you good. That is the good news of the gospel. And if that is something that you want today, it is as simple as asking the Lord to give that to you. In fact, let's pray with that. Lord, um, we just thank you so much for the good news of the gospel. And for anyone who is here today that is like, Lord, I want to be good. I know I'm not good. How do I get good today, Lord? Would this be their prayer? That we trust Jesus Christ as the one who was sent by the Father to die on a cross, to take on the penalty of sin so that we might be made the righteousness and the goodness of God. Um, Lord, would you assure that person today that they are now, their identity is with you. And I pray, Lord, for those of us, Lord, who know that message and we believe that message, but we have fallen back, Lord, into not living worthy of our calling. Would you help us, Lord, expend the grace that is limitless and that we would burn that fuel to live holy lives. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. That's the end of this episode on the Rolling Hills Sermon Podcast, part of the Rolling Hills Podcast Network. Before you go, we invite you to think about who you could share this sermon with. 
click the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time we release a new sermon. Did you know Rolling Hills publishes other podcasts too? Check out the Making History and Parenting podcast, Men's Leadership Network, and the RH Women's As You Go podcast. If you're interested in learning more about Rolling Hills, download our app, follow us on social media, or visit our website at rollinghills.church. We're thankful you spent some time with us today. We'll see you next time.